We as human beings, we crave that connection with other people. And storytelling is a way to help make bridge that connection. Welcome to Sales Made Easy, a podcast for business and personal growth. Join Harry Spate, author of Selling with Dignity, as he hosts sales experts and business owners who share their journeys of personal growth and business success. Now, here's your host, Harry. Mark Carpenter joining us on the Sales Made Easy podcast. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about conversations and storytelling. What is the good word, sir? The good word is I'm talking to you. It's great to be with you, Harry. And other people may get the sense of this as we go forward, but Harry and I are like-minded in a lot of things. And we, we keep finding that as we have more conversations. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to this one. You've got this excellent book out regarding master storytelling, that you and I had this conversation in storytelling, in my opinion, and the opinion of many others, and I think in the matter of science as well, that storytelling seems to work. What's your thought on that, Mark? Well, storytelling is how we connect with each other as human beings. If, if you think back to ancient man, before we had written communication, how did you communicate ideas to each other? You told each other stories. You told each other stories of, oh, when I stepped in that plant, it gave me a rash. Don't step on that. When I ate that, I got really sick. Don't eat that. When I ate this, it was really, really good. When I went to that area, there were dangerous animals. This is how we survived as a species. And to, to the point that you just made, more recently, there's been a lot of brain science around why it is that stories connect us as human beings. And so that that's my point. That's the direction that I take storytelling is let's use this as a business skill to keep us connected as human beings, because those are the best connections that we, that we have. It's very true. And uh, you just got me thinking, my wife and I were recently out in Arizona looking at these writings on rocks and I forgot the name of the place, but it was, there's a lot of red rocks there for one. And it's Sedona? No, it was. Now you're going to get me thinking here, but it had something to do with lake of fire or yeah, not ring of fire, but I think it might be lake of fire near Las Vegas. And in this area, they, we, they had all of these, you know, drawings and so forth from people, indigenous people that lived there hundreds, maybe thousands of years ago, and they're sharing these plants and what was edible. And so you're thinking, it's like, how did these people pass along that you can eat this plant, this one's really poisonous, but it had to be the stories, right? It's, they didn't yeah. have the manual on the, the proper herbaceous edibles, right? Yeah. And so you think about it, who survived? The ones yeah. that picked up on the stories because the other ones ate the bad plants or went to the wrong place. And they ended up dead. So I think evolution, we are a storytelling society. We are a storytelling species. This is how we make sense of the world. Yeah, it's so true. You know, even as little kids, you know, the once upon a time, right? When you're, we started seeing that, whether it be from the Disney movies from the 1940s or, you know, our parents or grandparents telling us the story late at, well, whatever bedtime it was to get us to go to sleep. But that put us in the mood. So storytelling yeah. today, once people go down the path of telling the story, 
it seems like the audience just cues in and says, I need to listen. So talk to me about that and the science behind that, if you want. Yeah, I was just going to say that's where a lot of the brain science ties in. And there, there are some really good reasons for that. One of my favorite researchers is Dr. Paul Zak at Claremont Graduate University, and he, he talks about the brain chemistry. What happens in our brain when we're listening to a well-told story? And one of the first things that comes up is that when you tell a story that you can relate to, when, when I tell a story that Harry goes, oh, yeah, I've had a similar experience to that, or I, I, I've been there, I can, I can relate to that, there is a slight increase in your brain in the hormone oxytocin. Now, if you've heard of oxytocin before, it is sometimes known as the trust chemical. And that is going to make you as the listener trust me as the storyteller more. So think about this in, in business relationships. Who do people buy from? They buy from people they know, trust, and like. And so if I can increase that trust among us, storytelling is a great way to do that and to make those connections. And the same in a business leadership position. I want my team to trust me as a leader. Storytelling actually helps to do that. So the, Dr. Zach identified oxytocin is one of the things that increases in our brains. If you set up a story that has some conflict in there, something at risk, something that I want to be able to know what happened, mm. it's going to pique my interest because it increases my, the cortisol in my brain just a little bit, just enough to heighten my interest and get me focused. So again, if you want people to listen to you, to focus on what you're saying, storytelling is a great way to do that because it increases the cortisol. And then a well-told story that has a great lesson learned and ending there even to look back on and say, oh, yes, I need to do that the next time. Or, ooh, that person made a mistake. This is how I'm going to learn from that and make sure I don't make that mistake. We get an increase in dopamine. And dopamine is that neurotransmitter that you get when you've accomplished something. When you've checked something off of your to-do list or you've leveled up on a game. Or even when you eat a little bit of dark chocolate, you get a little increase in dopamine. But it's that feeling of satisfaction that you get. And that's what makes the stories so memorable. And so tapping into our, our business needs, if you want people to, to trust you, to remember what you're saying, to find it more credible, storytelling is a great way to do that. Yeah, 100% agree. You know, for years, and to me, when I started selling, I would just share the stories from one client to another, right? The challenges. And, you know, I simply introduced it as this may or may not have happened with you. I didn't really know what the science was, but it was, I, it was like taking the pressure off when I was speaking to the person. This may or may not have happened with you, but I knew that it most likely did happen. And you could see, you know, the face change. And then they would say, oh yeah, we've experienced that. And then you've got them on the hook, so to speak, right? Because now instead of you telling them, something that they need to do, they're now interested in what kind of outcome because they're dealing with the issue. Now they want a better outcome than where they were headed. So yeah, yeah and to, totally two thoughts good. on what you just said there. One of the reasons that we focus on using experiences as the stories to teach, lead, sell, and inspire is because they are more relatable in those situations. Well, we love stories because we live stories. This is, this is what we do in our day-to-day -day life. And when you can pull a lesson out of that ordinary experience, it becomes an extraordinary impact on the other person because it's relatable, because they can, they can connect into that.
And so th this is why stories just connect us as people. And we want that connection. We as human beings, we crave that connection with other people. And storytelling is a way to help make bridge that connection. I love the stories. They're so much better than the facts. I gave this presentation one time on storytelling and I found this data. I'm not sure how they measure the data, but something along the lines that you're more likely to remember a story than facts twofold. I mean, how do you measure that? I don't know, but it's regardless. If it's three times as much, 10 times, 22 times, who knows? But the point is those stories are going to make you stand out. So whatever it is you're selling, if you're selling something like reliability, whatever, or as an example, and maybe you're selling cars, you're selling heating systems, you want to have the story where something breaks down and you don't want that, right? And you can say this to the client or the prospect that that's not good for anybody, right? <laughs> you know, whether your car breaks down at night or your, your AC goes in the middle of the summer, but you have a story to tie that in. And now it becomes way better than just, yeah, this is a reliable car or this is a reliable air conditioning system, whatever. Let's just right. Because you're really not selling a product. You're selling a need. Yeah. You're selling a fulfillment of a need that someone has. When I sell master storytelling as, as a concept and, a, and, and as our workshop, it's not so much that I'm selling the workshop. I am selling the need that people have to communicate in impactful ways. And that's different. So part, part of the, the importance of, of storytelling is listening really well. And it's listening to understand what those needs are so I can tell the story that relates to that need. You mentioned selling cars. If I was buying a car based on, I need something with four wheels and an engine to get me from point A to point B, I would buy solely on price. Mm -hmm. But if I'm buying for, I want something that could protect me in an accident. I want something that I can take camping. I want something that will drive well in, in the snow. That's going to be different. And, and you're going to sell me that need, not necessarily the car itself. And so the car needs to have the features to meet that need, but I have to know what that need is before I can really effectively sell you the product. Yeah, 100%. The idea of having the story in mind ahead of time versus where it comes out naturally. Like the example you gave about the plants. Now, I would not, I, I have no idea where that story came from, but it's there. So I didn't prepare. And we have to trust ourselves that we can go back in our mind and find these stories that will apply based on what someone is saying. And we'll have a story. We can have a story attached to it. So we can use very simply say things that reminds me of. And now you are in the story. So we don't have to overcomplicate it. But I know you're a believer that we all have stories like I am, like I believe. But some will say, Mark, where do you get these stories? I don't have any stories. What's your, what's your take on that? My, my take on that is, oh, just look around <laughs> and you, you've got stories. You've got stories in your life. I, in fact, it, it just ties really well to how we started this conversation. 
when I told the example of ancient man would have to tell each other the story about which plants to eat, which not, all of a sudden that triggered something in you that you recently experienced by seeing the, the, the paintings, the rock paintings from ancient civilization. Well, all of a sudden that connected you. Well, now you've got a story that you can tell based on that experience. And so I always tell people just to look for the experiences in your life that you have an emotional reaction to. And it could be an emotional reaction of joy or humor. It could be fear. It could be anxiety. It could be frustration. But anytime you have an emotional reaction to something, there is likely a story that's there. And listen to other people and the stories that they tell about their emotional reactions to things. And your statement there of, oh, that reminds me of the time. We all have those stories because our life is just full of these little experiences, these little moments that are memorable. And that, again, taps into the brain science around it because storytelling will tap into people's memory centers in their brain. And so your real life experiences are the best ones to pull those experiences out of. Now, from a sales perspective, listen to your clients, listen to the experiences that you have in working with them and their aha moments. Go out to some of your good clients and say, what was it that really tipped the balance point for you in working with us? And get their story. And then you've got it and you'll have their emotional reaction to that and that emotional need that they've met. And so build up that bank of stories. Be intentional about it. I have a little folder in the notes app on my iPhone, and it's called Stories for Someday. And I just jot notes to myself of things that happen that I have an emotional reaction to. It's like someday I'm going to need that because there's going to be a lesson that's going to come out of that that I need to share with somebody. And so just be intentional about capturing those things. It's a great idea. It can also, those, those stories can also be used in social media as well, where you can bring them to life and tie this in, right? Not that you see, what I'm trying to say here is real easy for me to say, but the use of these stories will help you to further using them. And help yep. me clarify what I'm trying to say here, Mark. I think what you're trying to say is like any skill, you only get better at it when you use it. And so the more you tell stories, the more you practice taking those moments in your life and identifying, here's the lesson that comes out of that and crafting that into a story that leads to that point, the better you're going to get at it. Because that's the other objection that I hear from people. Well, I'm just not a natural storyteller. Well, are we, are we really born natural at anything? We develop these things over time. The NBA basketball players didn't come out of the womb playing basketball. Maybe they had certain physical characteristics that helped them as they grew, but they had to learn. They had to practice. They had to develop those skills. Storytelling is the exact same way. The right. more that you are intentional about developing that skill, the better it will get. Yeah. Amen to that. And, you know, when we do say things like, I'm not very good at it, it's, it's just Unfortunately, we, we might have a tendency to use that as an excuse and take away the responsibility. But if you're selling, especially, and you want a better income, then I highly encourage to develop that skill. It's, there's a lot of things, like you mentioned, that we're not great at sales. We probably weren't great at making phone calls at one time. 
And, you know, having these stories where you say, well, I did this, I was able to improve on that. I could do the same with storytelling and or whether it be tying your shoes or eating with a fork or riding a bike. We, we had to learn all of those things too. So yeah, totally. Exactly. Yeah. And I love your connection back into the sales world. You, you probably, if you're an exceptional sales salesperson, you probably weren't always exceptional at it. So what did you do to get better at those areas that you're really good at? You're going to do the same thing to develop storytelling as a skill. You'll follow that same process to get better at a new skill that can help enhance your sales. Yeah. Excellent. What prompted you to write the book, Mark? This, this is a story in and of itself. Hey, you probably right. knew that was coming, that there is a story behind this. I, I've been one of those people that did grow up around stories and story was an important part of my life as a, as a kid, mainly just as a way to get attention because I was a middle child and, and to just entertain my friends. My early part of my career was in corporate public relations and marketing communications. And that's a lot of storytelling to help people understand your organization. And then I transitioned into a facilitation where storytelling is an important way to teach. Well, fast forward several years from that point, and I had helped a friend write a book. And I said to my wife at the end of that process, I feel like I should write my book now that I've helped him on his book, but I don't know what my book is. And she says, oh, I know. And as we usually react when those close to us say those kind of things, I said, how can you know if I don't know? You don't know what my book is. She says, no, no, no. You need to write a book about how you take these everyday experiences and turn them into lessons learned through a story. And I said, that's, that, that's not a book. That's just what people do. And she looked at me and she goes, no, that's what you do. There's other people who don't know how to do that. And that was what prompted the first thought around this becoming the book. And I started talking to people about it. They said, oh, I would love that. I would love some help on storytelling as a skill. And then I partnered up with my good friend, Daryl Harmon, and we co-authored this book and created the workshop that goes along with it. And the rest is they say is history, but it was that moment driving in the car with my wife where she says, oh, I know what you have to write about. And that's what really prompted us to get to the book. My goodness. Yeah, that's really an amazing story that she knew before you and you bought into it. Was it, was there any arm twisting and in buying into the story she was selling you? Well, the interesting thing is there wasn't arm twisting from her, but I was a little resistant at first. And, and actually, Harry, this, this all happened. We were vacationing in Orlando. We were, we were down in, in your neck of the woods when this all, all came about. And, but the thing that really got me going on it was I started asking other people. I just said, I'm thinking about this as a concept. And the reactions that I got from other people made me swallow my pride a little bit and say to my wife, yep, you're right. This is the book I need to write because I got confirmation from other people that that was something that would help them, that that was a concept and some specific direction around it that would really be helpful for them. Great. What would you say goes into a story that people can walk away from listening to this and start applying something immediately? What would that be? Well, I'll, I'll tie it back to a couple of things we've already talked about. And one is just the uh, intentionality, being intentional about what is the lesson I'm trying to share here? What, what's the point that I'm trying to get across? Because the story, even though it's your experience, the story is not about you. The story is about the lesson learned and how that can help the person that you're talking to. 
And then once you understand that's the intention, it really helps you edit your experience into a more effective story. And so think about those three brain chemicals that I brought up earlier. If I'm going to get some oxytocin in my listener, I need to set up the story in a way that the person can relate to. And so this is the introduction of the story. It's setting the stage for here's the experience. Here's what was going on. Here's what we were trying to accomplish. Second phase is there needs to be some kind of conflict, which is going to bring a little dopamine into your listener and make them want to pay attention. So how did that goal become at risk in that moment? And then there needs to be the change at the end. This is where we see what is that lesson? What did I do to overcome that challenge that came in? Or how did I fail to overcome that challenge? But what did I learn from it that I'm hoping you will do next time so you don't have to suffer the same pain that I did in that moment? And some of those lesson learned stories are the best stories because they're very memorable. People can connect to them and they see the value in it because you're trying to help them overcome a problem that they may have or that they may have in the future. Yeah, I'm loving this. What would be an example of a story that doesn't have conflict that, yeah, I'm, I'm, you're, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm trying to think of real life examples where that comes into play so that people may not even care to listen. Yeah, and that's what the thing, the great stories, they all do have some level of conflict in them. During the pandemic, my wife and I watched way too many Netflix movies and we're kind of running down the list. And I remember watching one with her and thinking, this is so boring. And we, we turned it off halfway through. I don't think we even got to the end of it. And I looked back on that and went, why was that so boring? It didn't have any conflict in it. It just kind of drifted along and there was nothing that you could relate to. And sometimes people say, wow, I haven't had any of these experiences where I've had a chronic illness or this huge accident or something that I can tell this huge story. I was in the Olympics or went to the moon. Like, you don't have to have that big of a conflict. I tell a story sometimes of driving to the airport on a Sunday afternoon and looking in my rearview mirror and realize there's a police car that's been following me for a mile. And thinking, oh, no, I'm going to get pulled over. Well, the only huge conflict in this story was all the stuff that was going on in my mind. Because it turns out he was just going the same direction that I was. He got for the same exit that I was. But he wasn't going to pull me over. But I built this thing up in my head so that it was huge. And the lesson learned from that is don't create problems by the way you're thinking about other things, about other people. Think about that in terms of sales. Sometimes we... We, we go to get on a call with somebody and say, oh, they're not going to want to buy. They're going to have this objection. They're going to have this. And we get on and all of a sudden we're in the negative frame of mind before we've started the conversation. Right. And they may be ready to buy, but we've framed ourselves in such a negative point that it's harder to make the sale. And so there's the lesson learned from that, even though there wasn't any huge conflict. I didn't have a shouting match with this police officer. I never even talked to the police officer. It was the internal dialogue in my head that created that level of conflict. So it doesn't have to be some huge thing. Sometimes it can be small as long as there's a lesson that we learn from that. Yeah. All right. So if I'm sharing a story related to selling and I want to talk about a person who is a happy client and I say something along the lines, I met Mark. He was amazing. 
we had some great conversations. He bought into my program and he is a happy client. Blah, right? Yeah. However, yeah. so we could turn this around and say, I met Mark. We had some great conversations and I found out he was really skeptical when it came to selling and he didn't think that he had the ability to sell well because he wasn't a natural in sales. Now there's the conflict, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, or it could be, and he was experiencing this kind of problem or this kind of pain. Yeah. He was realizing that he had a lot of people who were interested, but he wasn't closing a lot of sales. He wasn't closing a lot of business. And he was kind of frustrated over that. And he had a good product and people told him it was great, but he wasn't closing those sales. And so we had a conversation about what could be getting in the way of that. And, and so then you get to the change because people are, if you listen to people and you know that they have that same issue, then they're going to be sitting there going, oh my gosh, he's talking about me. This is my life that he's sharing here. And when you can get that kind of connection to the person in the story, you've got them in, you've got them listening at least. Now you have to be able to deliver. You have to be able to deliver to the need that they have. At least you've got their attention. Yeah. Without that attention, you're not going to get very far. So great point. And now you're telling this story and you're diving a little bit deeper into it which now shows the pain that the person is having and then the outcome, right? Which is all great. How long should these stories be? Yeah. And th thank you for bringing that up because sometimes when he, people hear story, they think, oh, okay. So this is like the 12 minute story at the storytelling festival, or this is an entire Ted talk. No, no. For these purposes, it's really two to three minutes at the most. And sometimes they can even be shorter than that. But, but the, the key thing is goes back to intentionality. It goes back to if I know what the intention is, if I know what I'm trying to get to in this story, and I know that structure of intro and conflict and chain, I can get to that point fairly quickly. Uh, I've had people in my workshops who have said, oh, but this experience, it kind of went on over the course of several days, and there were a lot of elements involved in it. I just have to tell them which elements serve the point that you're trying to make. And which don't, and only include the elements that are going to serve your point. Sometimes they come back with, well, I have 50 elements to serve this point. It's a great, you don't need to share them all. You just need to share enough to get to the point that you're trying to make. And I find that people can get it down to a two and a half, three minute story that's really effective in making the point that they're trying to make. Yeah. Are you, you know, when you look at the, what the point they're trying to make is the key. It's the key is not to tell stories for the sake of telling stories. Exactly. And I've been around salespeople who are in love with their storytelling. And then you can look over at the prospect and they're looking at their watch. They're picking up their phone. They're nodding ahead of time, like get through with this. So we have to be very cognizant really of what our listener is doing at that point. What's your thought? Yeah. And, and I think we get infected by this from some of the conferences we go to, some of the things that we watch. I, I remember it was a conference a couple of years ago, and this gentleman stood on the stage and he told this really funny little anecdote about something that had happened right before. And people were laughing about it. It was funny, but I was left sitting there going, 
what's the point mm. of this? What, where, where is this really going? Honestly, he lost a little credibility with me because I didn't see the connection with that story and anything else that he was trying to make a point on. That's where you lose your clients. That's where you lose your prospects is if you're telling stories just to tell stories. But if it, it's a story that relates to them and that has a point that will help them, they'll be there. They'll buy into it. This goes back to something that we said early on. That's where the listening part of storytelling really comes in. You have to listen to understand what their need actually is before you jump into a story to help them with their problem. I put that in air quotes because if you don't know what their problem is, you may not be as helpful as you think you're being by telling that story. A hundred percent. Yeah, because if they don't connect the dots with the story and their problem, it's the waste of time and they're, they're rolling their eyes and they're, and you're losing your audience. Just like this person lost you. Yeah. That definitely can happen in sales as well. Yeah. Because you're not tapping into that brain chemistry that we talked about. If you're not getting something that's relatable, if you're not bringing some kind of conflict in and especially the relatability part, if you lose me on something that's not relatable to me, I'm, I'm gone and, and there's no connection there. And so that is a super key point is make sure it's relatable to the person that you're talking to. Yeah, it's great. So I just wanted to touch uh, quickly, Mark, the super helpful everyday conversations. You have a background in helping people to be better, the important conversations in life and in business. Do you think of an example where storytelling comes in outside of sales and maybe just in relationships where you know, there could be a benefit of sharing a story versus relating facts. Yeah. And I, I always, I always like to emphasize also that I'm a believer in facts. Mm. I, I think facts are really important and, and that we do need to have a foundation of facts and, and sales and features and benefits. The story is the thing that augments those. Nice. I, I was having a conversation just a couple of weeks ago. In fact, I've got another call with these people in a couple of days about their leadership who stands up in front of people and shares all these facts and figures. And they say, therefore, we need to do this. And people go, wait, wait, why, why does that say that? And so they're looking for help and getting them to say, this is the impact of these numbers, and this is why we need to do that. Now, again, that's, that's more on the business side yeah, that we were talking about. And you, you asked for a more personal example of it. But even, even in life, as you're, as you're talking to your children, it's telling the story of, hey, here is, here is the potential outcome of the path that you're on. And I know that because I've either had this experience or I saw someone who did have that experience. And it was really difficult for them to get through. I don't want you to have to experience that pain. If you look at some of the, some of the advertising messages that are focused that way, you get that story of the person who had throat cancer. And is trying to say, if you want to start smoking as a teen, this is where you're probably going to end up when you're 35. Right. Do you want that? And so those kind of stories that teach the lesson, I think are really important, even in our, our, our most important relationships. Those are in that inner circle that are closest to us. Yeah. Great stuff. It, it's, it goes, I love what you said about having the facts. Facts are certainly, we're not dismissing. 
but you said the story augments the facts and it's just so true. I mean, you think of the positive and the negative when next time we have this conversation, especially, you know, the people around us or children, and we say, don't do something, think of a reason and then, or share of the positive when you get better grades, or if you find your purpose in life or, and then you have a story to tell like so-and-so did or something. And it's not always, it's like, here we go again, dad. Here's another story from dad. Oh no, I'm going to shut him out. Right. But you know, within reason, you have these occasional stories that pique their interest. Those are the ones they remember. And, and I'm laughing because I think there were times that my children went, oh, it's another story from dad. Here we go. But you know, as, as you were saying that, I just, I just remembered two days ago, I had a, I was on a FaceTime call with my 11 year old granddaughter and she was talking about this play that she's going to audition for. And then uh, in the middle, she said, I'm thinking maybe I just won't do it though. I'm, I'm just not sure I'm going to get a good part. And I, I just don't know if I'm going to do it. Here's an opportunity for me to share, you know, the biggest regrets that I have are the things that I didn't try. And, and you're, and you're going to look back on that. If you, if you decide not to do that, you're probably a week after or a month after when they're actually doing the show, start to think I could have been there. I could have been in it, but you don't know unless you try. Right. And, and I shared with her an experience that I had, I was in music and performing growing up where I tried something and actually I, I, I kind of, I kind of bombed something on stage, but I was glad I did it. I still look back on it and say, I'm glad I had that experience because I learned some resilience from that. I, I, I learned that life isn't over because I made that one very public mistake. And, and, and she ended the conversation with, yeah, I'll, I'll probably try out. And, and so I was glad that it, that at least it got her moving that back to that direction that she's going to audition for that. And I, I hope she remembers that conversation when that doubt creeps in again about whether or not she should audition. Yeah. That's where maybe a little card or something thinking of you card will tie that in or something. Not that I would do that myself, but hearing the stories like reinforce it now. Yeah. Well, with the 11 year old, it's a text to her phone. Yeah. <laughs> that's where that, that's, that's today's version of that little right. card. Yeah. So good. Definitely could go on about this, the regrets, but yeah, this is interesting how you shared this story. I was having a conversation the other day with my 11 year old granddaughter, then the conflict and then the outcome, right? It's very simple. It's so natural. I'm pretty sure it wasn't well rehearsed. Were you coming yeah, on it? The show planning. Honestly, I had not even thought about telling that story at all. I, I had not even thought about that until something you said triggered that in my brain. And that's the thing about stories. They'll, they'll, they'll trigger these little things within us. And, and if you go back and time that, yeah, it was probably about two and a half minutes, maybe two minutes in, in, in length. But if you get used to that structure and you practice that structure a lot, it's fairly easy to flow your experiences into that story structure. Mm, I love it. So good. So Mark, did I leave anything out that you wanted to share with the SalesMate Easy audience? Well, we could go on all day, but I, I want to respect the, the time that, that, we, that we have. There's just so much more. And I think the big thing that I would leave people with, that final thought is try it. We talked about this is how you build skills by trying it and be really intentional about why you're telling stories when you do 
you will get the benefit of the connections that you make. This is how we connect as human beings. And for me, that's, that's the best way to sell is to make that human connection. It's not an organization buying from an organization. In the end, it's people buying from people. And so the more we can connect with people, the easier it's going to be. Wonderful. Mark, where can people find this great book on master storytelling? Where would uh, you direct people for that? The book itself is available on Amazon in all of its various formats, uh, print uh, and audiobook. If you're an audiobook listener, you have to be able to put up with the sound of my voice for two hours and 53 minutes. That's the, the length of the book. So it's fairly short, actually, yeah. too. Another thing that you can do is check us out on our website, master-storytelling.com. We've got a little resource there for people who are still feeling a little uncomfortable about the skill. It's called a story catcher. If you go to the free stuff page, download the story catcher, and it gives you the directions that I gave. It's going to give you those reminders about looking for those emotional uh, experiences that you have and how to craft that into a, a story. I also welcome people to connect with me on uh, LinkedIn. I'm regularly out there on, on LinkedIn. So would love to connect with you that way. And if you have questions that I can help you with, I'd be happy to answer those. Awesome. Well, it's been a blast. Super helpful, Mark. Much success in the storytelling coaching field. It's been great. Great connecting with you. Thanks for sharing your time with me and sharing your audience with me. Thank you for listening to Sales Made Easy. If you found value in our conversations, please subscribe and leave a review. Our goal is to provide practical strategies for growing your business while staying true to your values. Remember, success in sales is about serving your clients. Serve first and the selling will follow. We'll be back soon with more insights and inspiration. Until then, keep serving and providing value to others. Good things will happen.